Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, before we start the show, here's a word from Stephanie Miller. People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on Genucel's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. Lovegenucel.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucel.com dot com slash stephanie that code is stephanie and now let the cartoons begin recorded live in the usa covering the whole wide world right on this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com boy these conservatives are really something aren't they they're all in favor of the unborn they will do anything for the unborn but once you're born you're on your own Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no Head Start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. You're fucked. Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. Then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. Pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> they're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like them. They don't like women. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to introduce our mystery guest from our nation's capital. It is Thursday, May 20, 2021. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 121 of the Biden-Harris administration, 536 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at the Bob Seska and on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And, and let's we're gonna still do it this way, I think. <laughs> David T. Rex Ferguson is not with us today. He's got a uh, raging sinus infection that he's been battling for a couple of weeks now, apparently. So here's what I've decided to do. I decided to call in some of the big guns. In addition to, of course, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from the bunkercom also at sexyliberal.com and patreon.com slash from the bunker. What I've decided to do is bring in an inner circle member of the great <laughs> Stephanie Miller cinematic universe. Guess who is here? Travis Bow. We have we have exchanged our T-Rex for our T-Bone. How about that? There you go. I have, 
I think it totally worked. Travis, thank you so much for being on the show today, my friend. It was like last minute, uh, but you you came through like a champ, and I'm so so appreciative. And and you're gonna have to help us all out. We're all gonna have to watch each other's backs so that today's show doesn't end up down this rabbit hole of comic book movies and Star Wars and and everything. What's wrong that, with that Bob? I know. I know. I don't, I, know. Okay, I, don't I don't see what problem there. Are. We I all wore my Nightwing shirt for you. <laughs> It's a shame there's no video. Uh, but, you know, that's the temptation. I think all three of us are going to want to go down that road. But you know what? Fuck it. If we do, we do. We do. You know, there's so much to talk <laughs> about on that front. Uh, Travis Bone is, of course, the uh, executive producer of The Stephanie Miller Show, right? That's your that's your title. That is correct. Okay. So, as we dig into things here, uh, we can't we can't overlook the fact that Jody posted on Facebook an historic photograph. It's not a, like something from years and years ago. It's something from this past week, right? You posted a picture. Sunday. Describe the picture that you posted on Facebook. It's, it's a photograph of my mom and myself and Lonnie and my mom's husband, Brian, having dinner at 5.30 because we're all over the age of 50. <laughs> and... That's when you eat. Yes. And um, that's why Travis thought it was lunch, because it was very <laughs> bright out. Um, and uh, we were all unmasked and sitting together, and I got to hug my mother for the first time in well over a year. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it got Rosie O'Donnell to follow me on Twitter, so there's that. Yeah. Hey. And by the way, Travis, this being your first time on the show, get ready for all the same sound effects. You're going to hear that clapping, <laughs> clapping sound. You heard it all morning for three hours on the Stephanie Miller Show, and now, now you're going to hear it for another hour. So good luck. Swapping body fluids. <laughs> you know what? That's what this is. This is another uh -huh. example of me and Stephanie swapping body fluids. As long as you're okay with being referred to as a body fluid. I mean, that, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that as long as you don't stick your tongue in my ear, Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. But congratulations, Jody. That's that's great news with your mom and being able to yeah. see her for the first time and be in a close space with Well, I got to I've, I have seen I saw her twice in the past year and a half, but I wasn't able to get near her. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Um and so it was just being able to go into her house for the first time and not have to wear a mask and give her a hug and sit and talk to her, you know, like a normal human and yeah. and uh, but my favorite on Twitter was first off it got like 20,000 likes, which yeah. is cool. Wow. Um, but and over a million engagements, I'm like, okay, this is really crazy. Holy shit. Um, but I loved like about a half a dozen to a dozen people going, your mom looks a lot like Carol Burnett. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's right. I was going to remind everybody that your mom is of course, Carol Burnett. So that's. Well, she actually got that once in a ladies room. Right. Um, she, she came out of the stall and, and she's washing her hands and this mm -hmm. woman is washing her hands and she just keeps staring at my mom in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And she finally, she grabs the towel and she's drying her hands and she goes, I'm sorry, but you look so much like Carol Burnett. <laughs> and my mom looks at her and she says, yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah, right. Perfect. Yeah, perfect response. Well, that's so great. And uh, your mom looks great. She, she was in, a, in good spirits and ready to roll and uh, ready to She's get back to the She's ready to things. roll. She's doing a movie with Lily I'm uh, and Jane Fonda. Oh, no up. way. Hey, what? that's that's yeah. a scoop. We've got a scoop what? right here. I had yeah. no idea. Your mom's doing a movie with Lily Tomlin? Uh-huh, and Jane Fonda. Oh, my oh, God. God. That's so great. Where's the music? Oh, I'm spacing on the other woman. Gotcha. What, what, what did you say again? Because I was playing my I'm stupid I'm spacing music. on the fourth woman. I want to oh, okay. say it's Betty White, but it's not. Um, like Dolly Parton? I w wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, no, I'm just throwing out names here now. It might be Betty. I forget. Why would I forget Betty White? I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible. No, there, it's a it's a funny idea. Mom's going to have to learn some sports stuff. Um but oh, yeah, wow. they're doing, uh, they shoot sometime next spring, I want to say. Is this going to be like uh, Netflix or HBO Max or is this going to be theatrical? I'm not sure. She just said movie. Okay. <laughs> so oh, she's making God. movie and it's going she's to be. She's making movie. And it, then she's doing something else that um, until it's shot, I'm not going to say a word. Okay. About, All but right. you're going to love it. Oh, am I? <laughs> I, I she's going to be starring in the next Star Wars uh, show on she Disney+. She's going to play um, uh, Princess mom. Leia. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, she was going to play Grogu's mom on Mandalorian or something like that. Very I like very... that. No, no, it's, it's, it's not quite that. It's more... Um, 
I can't. I can't. Okay, you can't, can't say I anything. I think you're going to like it. I think most people are going to like it. And it's, she plays, it's it's an end of a series, basically. Okay. And she plays a very important character towards the end of the series. Gotcha. So until, gotcha. It's, until it's shot in the can, I'm not going to say a word. So for the next several shows, I'm just going to be trying to warm it out of you. I'm just going to kind of dig happen. and chip away. I don't, I don't drink on your show. So. <laughs> Well, Bob, to, yeah, what you have to do is you have to figure out what shows are ending next season. Yeah, and then you can <laughs> there you that go. List down. That's it's right. It's not This Is Us. I'll tell you that it's not This Is Us. It's <sighs> not. Uh, it's not the crying show. All so. right. So I'm going to start my uh, True Detective bunker where I've got all of my my map and my yarn with the thumbtacks across the map and the post-it notes and the <laughs> newspaper headlines. I'm going to put it all together. I mean, uh-huh. I'm not saying it's aliens, but you know, aliens. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. So yesterday's interview show, I don't know if either of you had a chance to at least notice the person I had on yesterday's interview show. It was one of those interview shows where we took a a brief detour from politics and decided to jump into something that no one ever would have expected, which is the... (laughs) The science of head transplantation. We went huh? way deep into the mysterious. Like the man with two brains kind of shit. Like, I mean, our whole our old school Carl Reiner stuff. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, about? actually, I should revise the nomenclature because we determined on the show that it's not so much head transplantation, it's body transplantation. It's the science of taking someone's head off and putting it on a different body, which was developed in the Cold War era. And uh, but basically, I, I skipping ahead. My guest yesterday was Dr. Brandy Scalace, and Dr. Scalace wrote this book called Mr. Humble and Dr. Butcher, and it's about this guy named Dr. Robert White, who in 1971 successfully transplanted a monkey's head onto another monkey's body, and it's a true story. It actually happened. And the monkey actually, after the surgery, the monkey actually woke up. And one of the things that kind of blew me away was <laughs> Dr. Scalace said, Oh, yeah, they fed the monkey a grape. And I was like, This is the weirdest show I've ever, ever done. It's not like Face Off, though. They didn't switch heads on the monkeys. They just only just, it was a one way. Yeah, it was one way. Right. It was one, they put the head on so a That different... doesn't seem fair. Yeah, it doesn't. No. Yeah, because then the other head. Also, how do you swallow the grape? <laughs> that's just that that's what kind of blew me away. Like you just throw that in there. Yeah, I think they sew the th- I don't know. I don't know exactly how it's done. It was just one of those things where I was sitting there just with my mouth open going, Oh my God. And I just imagine, <laughs> in fact, I mentioned this to uh uh Dr. Scalace Brandy on the show yesterday. I said, you know, people could be buying this book and then sitting on the beach after escaping quarantine. And if you go to the beach, you can hear echoes of people reading this book one after the other going, oh my God, because it's so weird, but it's actually like a thing. And there was a guy who almost became the first human recipient of a full body transplant. Um, This guy who had this rare kidney disease and so on. So that's involved in the story. But the goal was the goal of this doctor. And there was a religious aspect to it because the guy was good friends with not one, but two popes. And so, okay, you know what? I'm giving away too much. So you've got (laughs) to you got to go listen to yesterday's interview show. And now we shall dive into uh, to politics here. So the best news of the week, of course, maybe the year so far, at least to me. Because I've been deeply concerned, Travis and Jody, that we aren't holding Donald Trump accountable the way he needs to be held accountable. I mean, mm-hmm. from where I'm sitting, Donald Trump allowed a pandemic to run uncontrolled, mm-hmm. causing nearly 600,000 dead Americans and all kinds of calamities that haven't even been fully quantified yet. Then, you know, one of the motivations for that was to win re-election in November, which he didn't do but which he then subsequently engaged in an ongoing public fraud about the election, which culminated in the violent invasion and occupation of the United States Congress. It seems to me now that that person should not be walking around at large at Mar-a-Lago and soon-to-be Bedminster in New Jersey without any, you know, kind of public outcry. You know, yeah, he was banned from social media, but oh, boo-hoo. He's still a free man. He still plays golf, still goes around. I'm just thinking from an historical perspective, what has happened in the past to despotic dictators like Donald Trump. 
history has not been very favorable to these kinds of people. See also Mussolini, see also Saddam Hussein, see also Muammar Gaddafi. My God, I just, I feel like the outcry should be greater. So when this news dropped, the, the fact that Letitia James and Cy Vance have now started to team up and file criminal, or not file criminal charges yet, but engage in a criminal investigation over Donald Trump and his tax returns and whatever else is involved in that whole fraud, where Donald Trump is overvaluing his properties when it comes to applying for loans, applying for insurance, but undervaluing his properties and his assets when it came to filing tax returns. So now this is a, a major criminal investigation into the Trump organization, and there are so many delicious things about this, so many mm. wonderful aspects <laughs> about this. I mean, I said on the show yesterday, Travis, on, on Stephanie Miller's show, that I'm just pumping this news into my veins, just sucking it down like Coca-Cola. It is wonderful, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Um, in the context of all of this, the offices now of uh, Letitia James and Cy Vance are proceeding forward probably with these criminal charges because the margins were so huge mm -hmm. between the different uh, reporting of the numbers, uh, different reporting, the valuation of the assets. So the disparities were very likely intentional. So when they see the, the, the disparity between this valuation on this insurance form versus this valuation on a state income tax form, right. it's, it's so broad that they go, okay, this, they had to have been doing this deliberately. So this looks like intentional tax evasion. That's just what I'm reading from this. Am I getting this uh, correct? I Is think this so. Because like if, you, if, you, if you file your taxes or you, you try to get a loan and you make a mistake, yeah. you can get fined. Yeah. But that's not criminal, whereas is this instance is like, no, it's so egregious. It's not like $500 here or a dollar there or, you know, $1,000 even. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars most likely that are yeah. in dispute that is like, no, that decimal is not a mistake. Mm -hmm. well, exactly. and it's a noticeable pattern, apparently, that this keeps happening over and over again. We know that Trump lived on loans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to get loans, you need to... Every time you do a loan, they value the property. Well, that valuation, as far as I understand, also feeds into what your tax liability is for that property on property taxes. Yep. So if they're, if they're changing their loans for one thing and then trying to devalue the property on their property taxes, they're, it's very easy for them, especially if that's how they're living you know, off of these, uh, these bank loans. Yeah, yeah. So both of these probes have focused on whether the Trump organization and Trump himself deliberately inflated the value of assets while downplaying property values for tax benefits in various financial filings. I mean, the sky's the limit. All kinds of things from loans to insurance filings and so on. Uh, but at the same time, you've also got Trump facing criminal charges in Georgia over whether he improperly tried to influence the election officials there. The question that I have, the question for the room in all of this is, uh, we have the county of New York engaged in a criminal investigation. We had the New York Attorney General, which is at the state level, engaged in initially a civil investigation and now a criminal investigation in parallel with what Cy Vance is doing in New York County. This is what we're jumping to at this point. Donald Trump is evading taxes. Where is the IRS? Why hasn't the IRS chimed in on this yet? I'm sure the well, criminal it, division... Hasn't he been under audit for like 400 years? Well, that's what he says. That too. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the question is whether or not that's a real... First of all, whether that's a real thing. Right. Second of all, whether he's under audit by the IRS criminal division or if this is just from what he is, from what Trump has said, of course, you got to take everything uh, that he says with a, a grain of salt the size of your car. But from what he's been saying, it's been just a routine audit. Like every time he files tax returns, they just automatically audit his shit. I don't believe that. But it seems right. like the criminal division of the Internal Revenue Service would at some point say, yeah, you know what's going on up in New York? We've got that information, too, and we're looking into it. Now, I'm going to put this out there, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear what both of you have to say about this. I think Donald Trump has preemptively pardoned himself from federal charges linked to his tax returns. And I but think what that, about the state income taxes? He can't do that. Oh, he can't, certainly right. can't do that. But when it comes to federal charges, see, it seems to me as if the IRS should be launching a federal investigation, federal criminal investigation, 
against Trump and the Trump organization for their federal tax return. Because if Trump is doing this on his state tax returns, he's doing it on his New York tax returns, his New York County tax returns, then he's probably doing it on his IRS tax returns, his federal tax returns. So it seems to me as if the Internal Revenue Service would jump in on this. Like, oh, okay, we're seeing the smoke, and I'm sure there's fire there, too, for us, so we got to jump in and investigate as well. But we haven't heard a peep from the Internal Revenue Service, especially since January 20th, about whether there's any sort of investigation along those lines happening. And my hunch at this point, and of course it could just be that they haven't announced it yet. They're just keeping it uh, close to the vest, and they don't want to reveal anything. But my hunch is... And this is a very strong possibility based on what we were hearing, especially throughout the uh, transition, that Donald Trump pardoned himself, that he did something to make sure that any federal charges on tax returns would not stick to the wall. So I put that out there. Jody, what do you think of that theory? Is that valid at all? The preemptive pardon, it would... uh, First off, nobody's tried it before, so we don't know if it's... I mean, the only time there was a sort of preemptive pardon was Gerald Ford, but that was for past prime crimes that we didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. And he pardoned another person. <laughs> what if it's not um, what if it's not preemptive though? What if he what if it was something that was actually going on at Internal Revenue and So you're saying he knew he was being investigated at at the IRS level. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. So, well, I mean he he might have, but I mean I, I, doesn't the IRS inform you a regular citizen if they're being investigated? I, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. And you know what's screwy about this? Is both of my parents work for the IRS. So I could have You should easily, ask them. They, they, they hey, would know mom. more than we would. Dad, I think mom. you should call your mom and dad and say, hi, um, we're asking, I was asking Jody and Travis, and Jody being, you know, with her law and order degree in the law, <laughs> it's not right. on tax, she's not law and order tax division. No, That's not at all. That's one thing I don't do. No, certainly um, not. Yeah. So, yeah, you might want to call people to know what they're talking about. <laughs> Well, my dad was, uh, for a period of time, an internal auditor. So he was auditing the auditors, basically. That's kind of in a very thumbnail way describing what he used to do. So I don't even know if he would know. But he might have a better sense than I do. But there's that possibility that I believe is out there. And at some point, you would think that we would hear from the IRS or the Department of Justice about these things. Because, again, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's fraud happening on a state tax return... There's probably fraud happening on the federal tax return as well. Mm -hmm. So this is all stuff that I just, again, I just, I'm, you know, devouring this news because this is the real accountability. And if nothing else ever comes of this, at least we have the satisfaction of knowing that for a period of time, this plagued Donald Trump. Like, this has mm-hmm. got to be eating away at him. Uh, two things to get, take into consideration, too, is, remember, Steve Mnuchin was also overseeing everything at the IRS because yeah. he was Secretary oh, yeah. of Treasury. Mm-hmm. And he could have been running interference for Trump, just like Bill Barr was as far as these investigations, or mucking up the work by putting in loyalists. Mm-hmm. And we know that for the last year, there's been a lot of problems with the IRS as far as just backup because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when you kind of put that all together, they could be playing catch up right now on a deep dive into Trump stuff and also maybe weeding mm. out people that Mnuchin put into place over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, also a very strong possibility. I mean, that's a, a, actually a really good way to link uh, Trump's knowledge of an investigation uh, to the actual investigation. So th- uh, th- I'd be fascinated to see what's going on at the federal level with all of this. I mean, maybe that's the next shoe to drop. But the next question is, How does Donald Trump wiggle out of this? It seems like, and we've been here though before, where we're like, okay, this is checkmate. There's no way Donald Trump uh, paints himself out of this corner. There's no way he can wiggle out of this bear trap. Uh, He is finally caught. Or it's the John Oliver thing. We got him. We got him. You know what I mean? (laughs) Again, he's wiggled out of other things. Uh, But here's a theory. Here's one way Donald Trump gets out of these charges. Alan Weisselberg, uh, yep. Alan Weisselberg's wife, uh, his other, where's some of the other mobster-sounding guys that uh, Michael Cohen mentioned in his uh, testimony? Michael Cohen. Yeah, Michael well, Cohen. His son was involved in this, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Michael Cohen mentioned when he was testifying in Congress, in fact, AOC was questioning him at this time. 
and Michael Cohen was listing a bunch of different Trump Organization insiders, at least in the accounting department, who knew that Donald Trump was deflating and inflating his assets based on what was required to get what he wants. So on different financial applications and so on. And so there were other Goomba-sounding characters in all of this, too. And I think Donald Trump throws them all under the bus. Whoever came up with a theory that Donald Trump's going to throw uh, Alan Weisselberg under the bus, that he's going to throw his own kids under the bus. I think it was, I think it was Michael Cohen. I think Michael Cohen yeah. said that Donald Trump is going to squeal and he is going to turn on even his own kids. He's going to say, it's Don Jr. and it's Ivanka. You got to talk to them. I don't know anything about this. Because we've seen him do it before. When charges get any closer to Donald Trump than he's comfortable with, he's going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't me. I didn't know anything about that. There's other people. These are, I don't know what my accountants are doing. They're just going off and doing their thing. And then, by the way, Ivanka and Don Jr. are running the show at the Trump Organization. So uh, you got to talk to them. Oh, shit. This is glorious, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Do you, well, do he you could think just be he, like Rudy Giuliani and just go out there and start making statements that are going to make things worse for Trump. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that's obviously what Trump will do at some point. Do you think he'd really give up Ivanka? I think he'd give up Jared, but not Ivanka. Jared first. Jared yeah, first. Jared. Yeah, I think Jared would go first. I think Junior. He'll, he'll throw Tiffany under the bus and she probably has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I think it's Junior. I think it's Junior and Eric because mm-hmm. fuck it. You know, why not? Why not? I, I posited, is it, Eric, is it Eric or Jared that goes first? Because Eric's right. kind of the dumb one. And he was the one who was technically, I believe, in charge of the Trump organization mm-hmm. while Don Jr. was out doing the campaign trail and Jared right. was making peace in the Middle East. <laughs> yes, that's right. Working out so well, isn't it? It's all at once delightful to see bullies finally reach comeuppance. But at the same time, it's this bully. And then there are a number of other bullies that also will get taken down, mowed over, as Rudy Giuliani is discovering right now. He is getting steamrolled by Donald Trump, but he doesn't know when to cut off Trump. He doesn't know when to say, all right, now's the time for the insurance policy. Didn't he say he had like uh, some documents yeah. ready to roll? In case? He did. <laughs> Which is yes, basically, isn't that incriminating Donald Trump in something uh-huh. untoward, at least? Mm-hmm. Smart. Yeah. The very fact that Giuliani has a quote unquote insurance policy would mean that there's something either illegal or untoward that Trump has done that Giuliani has evidence of at his disposal. So that's kind of revealing in its own way. But speaking of Rudy Giuliani, I'm sure you guys saw the uh, interviews from yesterday with Andrew Giuliani. Oh, dear. Uh, or as I've been calling him, evil Bobby Flay. Because he looks, <laughs> he, I swear to God, he looks like Bobby Flay. If Bobby Flay was a big dick hole. That's, well, Chris Farley did the best imitation it. of him when his dad was taking the oath. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Brilliant. And I, I know, Travis, you've heard the clips, but initially when uh, Andrew Giuliani was doing his announcement uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. f- to run for, what is it? He's running for governor of New York, right? Yes. Yeah, because he wants to be able to pardon his dad, he wants dad. to be able to pardon Trump probably as well. But when he was giving his remarks, he had trouble with words. He had trouble, trouble identifying. <laughs> you know, if you're running for governor of New York uh, State, you want to make sure that you can correctly identify the Statue of Liberty. You think? Yes. What did he say that that's Mr. Liberty? Who is that? Miss Mr. Liberty? Or Miss is Liberty? that, it was like, it was like, are you thinking of the commercial, sir? Because you're yeah. really stupid. <laughs> He's like, this uh, statue behind me, that's Captain America. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, it's not. Ca- it's uh, yeah. statue something something. Uh, what? I don't know. So, a statue of Liberty. Yes. Thank you. There's a name for the statue actually on, on because they don't use a Statue of Liberty on Superman and Supergirl. They use a different stand-in statue. That's probably what he was thinking. Oh, yeah. yeah there you go. It's Independence Island out there. <laughs> but then making matters worse. <laughs> Andrew Giuliani goes on Fox News Channel, goes on Newsmax, and proceeds to explain to the world how he just doesn't understand math. He just cannot put two and two together. And so he uh, just stumbled right into it. We've got a a clip here and and so much more to talk about, including, uh, oh, my God, Barack Obama saying some nasty things about Donald Trump, (laughs) according to a brand new book. We're going to talk about that as well and and a whole lot more coming up here on the show. Okay, we're going to talk about all that in a few minutes. But before we do that, let's talk about our Patreon page. If you're sick and tired of the commercials on the show, like this one that I'm reading right now, 
I have some great news for you. For just $15 per month, you can get the Ultimate Edition of this show, and it's entirely commercial-free. Here's what that means. The Ultimate Edition combines the free version of the Tuesday and Thursday shows with the post-mortem show that we record after the end credits. Plus, we take out all the commercials just for you. That means you get the hour-long free show plus the 20-minute post-mortem show where all the real fun happens, and you get all of that without commercials in one convenient hour-and-a-half chunk for just $15 per month. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Is it harder, just me? Cause I am struggling to breathe when I start saying your name. It's time to light up the flames with all these spirits around. I can't tell my up from my down. Don't break my ritual practice. Cause this shit's causing madness. Say the devil you know is easier to control. Come on, why can't I just say Send me to some Brand new recording artist to the show. This is Somber Mercy, otherwise known as Kim Kachi. Song called Starry Eyes. Brand new single here. Instagram.com slash Somber Mercy. And of course, everywhere you get your digital music. Links in the description at bobseska.com. Thank you for supporting all of our indie bands here. Indie Music Countdown coming up, I believe, on Memorial Day. Yay for me. I'm working on Memorial Day. Huzzah. You can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. Actually, I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to hearing all this music. Uh, BobSuska.com slash music if you want to submit your songs to the show. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. Okay, getting back into things here. We're talking about uh, Andrew Giuliani, whose uh, campaign for governor is off to a huge, massive, flawless start. I mean, congratulations, Andrew. What a great rollout. Uh, Shit. So... He couldn't identify the Statue of Liberty during his announcement remarks as he's running for, you know, governor of New York. And then on Newsmax, he was talking about, actually, it was on Fox News first. He, uh, Andrew Giuliani claimed that he's had political experience throughout five decades, which you is. You know what his, his argument is for that? Because he was born in the 80s. Yeah. So he lived in the 80s, right? Uh-huh. 90s. 2000s, 2010s, and now it's the 2020s. Right. So he was in politics when he was an infant. That makes. He was alive in 1985. <laughs> so he's going from birth, and that's considered the 80s. So it's like, no, dude, you, you've been in politics. It's like me saying, yes, I've been in sketch comedy <laughs> since 1967. <laughs> That's exactly right. I have been in sketch comedy for that long. Well, let's let's listen to Andrew Giuliani trying to thread this stupid, stupid needle with five decades and, and kind of getting his own age wrong. The Treasury Department out of the public liaison. And the truth is, Martha, from an experience perspective, I may be 35 years old, but you got to remember, I spent 32 years, parts of 32 years in politics and in government. Um, I'm the only... Government? Okay, yeah. Yeah. 32 years, he's 35 years old. That means he started in politics when he was three. Three. Yeah. Which the question remains, what the fuck was he doing when he was three years old? (laughs) He was running running his dad's campaign. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was consulting on his dad's campaign to be mayor in 1989. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, by his logic, I've been in sketch comedy and variety shows for seven decades. That's so stupid. It is so stupid. That is really stretching things. I mean, remember when, like, Dan Quayle was running and it was like, ah, Dan Quayle doesn't have any experience. See, Dan Quayle didn't use the Andrew Giuliani formula. Dan Quayle could have said, well, yes, I've only had one term in the Senate. But, you know, of course, my experience started when I was one and a half years old. I was still pooping my pants, but I was running the campaign for my dad in Indiana and blah, blah, blah. See, that's what you got to do. You got to start at age zero. See, that's maybe that's why they're trying to save all the fetuses. So they would have new additional political consultants. Like they get like a like a fetus, like a. Who's who's joined on to the Trump campaign for 2024? Oh, yes. We've got a team of fetuses who are going to consult with us and our MAGA agenda. (laughs) 
announced candidate that actually has spent parts of five decades in politics. So I may look okay. young, but I certainly feel a lot yeah. older. <laughs> oh, yes. He's 35 years old. He spent 32 years in politics, you know, five decades. He could have like shit his diaper in Times Square and said, Dad, clean this up. And that's how that whole thing started. <laughs> Maybe. But then he went on Newsmax and did the same thing later in the day. C- claimed yeah. experience in five different decades. And uh, <laughs> By the way, I also... I mean, what does he deem experience? Just living? I mean, it's like... Yeah. Like, the first time I produced something uh, was my sister and my first movie. And, yeah, I absorbed a lot of information observing mm. my father as a producer. But I didn't have the experience until I did it. Yeah, Exactly. Well, that's, again, there's no finding any logic in any of this shit. This is just, we're really stretching the boundaries of what, you know, the word qualification means. But he also compared himself to Teddy Roosevelt, by the way. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so evil Bobby Flay is also Teddy Roosevelt somehow, uh, you know, f- through his five decades in, <laughs> in politics. Unfucking believable. But in all seriousness, we got to talk about what's happening in Texas right now. Greg Abbott signed a, a new law there that uh, bans all abortions after the existence of a fetal heartbeat, which is... Yeah, hit- most women don't even know they're pregnant yeah. at yeah. that point. Yeah, exactly. Six. I think what they want to do, what is it, six weeks or so they're talking about six here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six weeks. Exactly right. Most women don't even realize they're pregnant no. at that point. No. This is basically an outright abortion ban, and the fact mm-hmm. that they're marking the heartbeat as the initial start point of okay you're fine now fetus you don't have to worry about evil evil women aborting you the fact that they're starting there is completely arbitrary there's no rhyme or reason for why okay this heartbeat makes this fetus officially a person worthy of constitutional protection it's entirely arbitrary it's like uh, the what was the other law that was a 15 weeks i think 15 weeks the, right. the, Miss- the mississippi mississippi bill, yeah. law that's going to the supreme court exactly right uh, the Dobbs case, as uh, they're nicknaming it. And so they try to make it seem like it's scientific. And it's not. It's like for a while there, they were like, well, as soon as the fetus has a nervous system, as soon as the fetus can feel pain, we're going to set that as the arbitrary start date for, yes, this is now officially a person. They don't care about any of that. And how do we know they don't care about any of that? Well, because one of their other goals, once they have decimated Roe v. Wade, they're going to be setting their sights on Griswold v. Connecticut. So they're going to make sure that you have no control over whether you can stop the conception of a child and you're not going to be able to end the pregnancy once you have conceived. So they're going to get you on both ends of this. And that's the whole point. So they can, and and people are like, ah, well, don't get melodramatic with all of your uh, Handmaid's Tale nonsense. Well, Jesus Christ, (laughs) this is what it is. Didn't Texas put somebody to death yesterday, too, while they were signing this pro-life bill? Yes, they did. They executed a person. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. because they're so pro-life. So this bans most abortions in the state before many women know they're pregnant. The bill also allows any citizen to file a civil lawsuit against abortion providers and anybody who aids or abets the performance of the procedure. So this is basically, you know, we heard from George Carlin at the top of the show saying they want to kill doctors. Well, in this case, they want to arrest doctors. They want to make doctors, any health practitioners, fugitives from the law if they engage in a procedure for women who have a medical condition that could kill them. Pregnancy is a medical condition that could kill the woman who is pregnant. Yes, (laughs) And, yes. Very much so. And therefore, you need to have control over that pregnancy as the person who could be killed by it. This is not rocket science. This is basic body sovereignty. And Republicans want to take away that body sovereignty. They want to make, you know, it's the old Barney Frank thing. They want to shrink government down small enough so it fits in your uterus. That's how yep. much the Republican Party loves or well, that's hates. That's why women need to start incorporating their fetus, their uteri, because they don't want to regulate corporations. Yeah, yeah. So if I, I, I incorporated my uterus in 2010, I believe it was, when mm-hmm. I could still have children. Um, and so I wasn't worried because obviously Republicans don't care about regulating corporations. So that's, 
Oh yeah. No, it's insanity. This is just this is just men aren't forced from the time a woman is pregnant to commit to child support for the rest of that fetus's existence. Mm-hmm. They are not men. So my uh, friend of mine posted: men should be forced to take birth control and not women, because like is obvious, men can get several women pregnant in a yeah. year. A woman can only get pregnant once every ten. 11 months mm-hmm. yeah. and usually they with that when you're breastfeeding it's very difficult to get pregnant so it can be longer than that oh yeah but yeah. Uh, i mean it's like i can only get pregnant once a year or i could i can't anymore it's all dried up um <laughs> but i can only get pregnant once a year mm-hmm. and a man can impregnate thousands of women potentially if he's hot a year and um <laughs> Did you just say if, that, if he's hot well only if he's hot <laughs> That's a good lover. And that I too. mean, word of mouth counts. That does count. And, and, and they're not required to deal with it, really. Yeah, yeah. A woman is required to deal with it one way or another. Well, the thing about sovereignty is this. We see this same group of zealots stockpiling firearms because mm-hmm. they're so desperately concerned about the sovereignty of their property or whatever, their, their doomsday bunkers, as the case may be. But when it comes to sovereignty of a woman's body, see, that's a, it doesn't matter because the, the intention is to control women. The mm-hmm. intention is to have a woman's uterus be the purview of the entire state government in which that woman lives. So this is so far beyond the realm of freedom and liberty and personal sovereignty, a right to privacy. I I don't know how you even roll this back because I have zero faith in this current Supreme Court to strike down the Mississippi law, for example. And once the Mississippi law goes, this Texas law is going to stand and all the rest of the the laws that are on tap that are basically waiting on deck for Roe to be overturned, all those laws will go into effect and there's very little that can be done about any of that. Well, isn't the Supreme Court just answering the viability question? Yeah, yeah. Once you invalidate the viability standard in Roe, then it's basically open season on women. Well, and the argument that I have heard about viability because of science, which a lot of these people don't believe in because how dare you want me to get a vaccine because my body, my choice. Um, Because of science, a 15-week-old fetus could conceivably, if the person has good insurance and the hospital has a really good NICU, survive outside of a woman's womb, but the odds are very low. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because a 24-week-old fetus, as small as that fetus is, could conceivably survive outside of a woman's womb without a lot of help. Well, you know, the other thing is... That's the whole point of the 24-week viability is you can give birth at at just over six months, basically, of being pregnant, and that baby could survive. It would have problems, most likely, but could conceivably survive without the help of science and NICUs and oh, yeah. tubes and things, whereas a 15-week-old fetus cannot. It's just yeah, impossible. Yeah, it's not fully baked. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, the whole it's argument- It's less baked than Kushner. Yeah. But the whole, the whole thing about partial birth or late-term abortion, mm-hmm. incidentally, that's not protected in Roe v. Wade. You can't just randomly no, go not. in if you're- eight months along in your pregnancy, you can't just walk into a clinic and say, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, eight months right, is no, too much. I can't wait the last month. Just get rid of it. Uh, that's No, you can't actually do that. The, the purpose of a late-term abortion is because of some catastrophe that occurs, mm-hmm. and that's only when it ever happens. So, it's, again, looking for consistency, it's impossible. Uh, there's no consistency whatsoever in the uh, anti-abortion, anti-choice movement. There's just none of it. It's all geared toward we want to go back to the way it used to be before the 1920s where we could control women as chattel, and that that's it. And it's only controlling yeah. poor women. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because wealthy women will still be able to get abortions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain extent, in the near term, people, women who live in blue states will still be able to get abortions. But it's really, you know, who's really fucked are the women who live in the red states. Yeah. And the, could be liberals, conservatives, doesn't matter. Women in those red states are the ones who are going to be under the thumb of their men. And I guess to a certain extent, many of them don't give a shit. They're fine with that, which is mind boggling. But there it is. One of my sisters, um, when she was 16, 17 years old, a friend of hers in high school got pregnant in the early 60s. And um, 
she didn't want to have the kid. Mm-hmm. And they lived in upstate New York, so they went down into the city. And she had a back alley abortion. And um, it was so terrible. She got an infection, and she could never have children again after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the other thing is going to be, you know, medic- medical, thank God they exist, but medical abortions will be more available on the black market in these states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, what's going to happen to the after, you know, the, the morning after pill, because mm-hmm. that doesn't even allow for, you know, conception, but yeah. that will be, could potentially be outlawed as well. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's, it's, these abortions are going to happen. It's just women will die. Mm-hmm. Well, on the long list of problems with all of this is the uh, sad fact of life that these people don't give a shit about the science. So making any argument based on fetal heartbeat or nervous system or pain or trimester or whatever, it doesn't fucking matter to them. And how do I know that? Well, you have to go to the Hobby Lobby decision. The Supreme mm-hmm. Court. And in fact, the Supreme Court, this gives me zero faith in the uh, this next upcoming case with Mississippi law, is that with the Hobby Lobby law, the ruling was, if you believe that this medication, the medications that are covered, the morning after medications covered in the Affordable Care Act, if you believe those are abortion-inducing, then they are. Isn't that magical? Yeah. Then, okay, they are. But they're not. Right. Because of the Hyde Amendment, all the morning after pills in the Affordable Care Act only prevent fertilization. They do not prevent fertilized eggs from being implanted inside the uterus. They prevent fertilization in the first place. That's it's the called intention. contraception. Exactly. Morning yeah. after contraception. And that's the whole point. Because if it was abortion-inducing, then the Hyde Amendment would prevent it from ever being added to the Affordable Care Act. Exactly. Duh, duh, duh. But that doesn't matter because the Supreme Court said, okay, Hobby Lobby, you can prevent your people from getting uh, the morning after coverage in the Affordable Care Act. You don't have to pay for that because you believe it to be abortifacient when it in fact is not. They didn't even say the when in fact it's not. I'm just adding that. They just said, okay, well, belief is all that matters. If you believe it to be true, then it is true, which is fucking terrifying. You know, it's one of those things where I see a ruling like that and I go, we're so screwed because if there are morons like this in the Supreme Court, I mean, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, for God's sake, believes that if you think this is a thing, then it is a thing. That is terrifying. But I've, I think I, I've said this many, many times. I think what needs to happen is we need to start fighting fire on some other issues the way they're doing with abortion. We need to start doing the trap laws. I've said this many, many times, so forgive me for repeating myself, but we need to start doing trap laws on guns. You know how they're creating yes. like yep. this Texas law where it's like, okay, we're, we're setting this arbitrary cutoff point for an abortion. Plus, uh, if you aid and abet the performance of an abortion, then you could also be held you know, criminally or whatever. You know, th- This is the sort of yeah. thing that we need to do, like with gun stores, for example. Yeah, I think only Regulate one. Regulate ammunition sales. Yeah, yep. ammunition sales. Uh, maybe take away the profit motive. Is that if you're selling firearms, yes, it's protected in the Second Amendment if you really overlook the well-regulated militia part. Yeah, it's it's covered. You're, you're Wait, covered. Wait, but the, Bob, uh, hold on, hold on a second. Um, Buzz Burbank's dad passed away. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, man. Yeah, Buzz, uh, yeah, I guess we should uh, talk about this for a second. Uh, Buzz um, had flown to Kansas uh, yesterday, and uh, he had already said goodbye to his dad. His dad had been in hospice care uh, for the past week or so. The way Buzz described it is his dad was exhausted. He's he's just done. And so I guess yeah, he uh, just he just announced it on Twitter. That's why I interrupted you. All right. Well, our thoughts go out to uh, our friend Buzz Burbank and and uh, Mrs. the lovely and talented Mrs. Burbank, who are both uh, with Buzz's dad right now. So uh, it's such a shame. Well, I tell you what. On that note, let's take a, a short break. Yeah, and, and sorry come about back. that, guys. Downer. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know, look. I mean, we love Buzz, and and uh, this has been a saga. I think we've all been following yeah. Uh, yeah. since the beginning of the year. You know, it's not, not the easiest thing in the world to do, and. Buzz has been handling this so fucking well. It's kind of inspiring. It kind of makes me want to start taking notes and like, okay, when, it, when I got to go through this, 
I, I hope I do it the way Buzz does it because he's remained centered through most of it, you know, from what I can tell. And certainly he said there's been plenty of tears, but, you know, this is something that uh, he has been preparing for. And now he's he's going through it and he's he's doing it in his typical. Well, we all know Buzz and, and you can imagine, you know, kind of how he's uh, how he's handling it. His his personality is what you see is what you get. So there you go. All right. We're going to take a short break and come back and uh, wrap up the show right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. truth is right there in your eyes it's plain as day so no more like you know it's gonna hurt to see our dreams die so baby 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 please gotta let me down easy you gotta let me down easy. Oh, yeah the great dave Moulter here the brand new single called let me down easy I love it. Oh, man, this guy is smoking up the charts here. He is on, uh, he's winning awards. He's climbing the charts, all the indie charts. And, of course, he's a standard here on this show. So, uh, DaveMolterMusic.com. So go and download recklessly, please. And thanks for supporting all of our indie bands here on the show. Okay, moving along here. Let's talk about something that is uh, uh, fun. <laughs> After the previous segment, I think we need something that's both fun and funny. Uh, let's talk about what Barack Obama said about Donald Trump. <laughs> there's a there's a brand new book out by a writer from The Atlantic, uh, Edward Isaac Dovier. And uh, according to his new book, Barack Obama called, and this is a book I think about the 2020 campaign. Barack Obama referred to Donald Trump as a madman a racist sexist pig mm -hmm. that fucking lunatic <laughs> and a, a corrupt motherfucker so uh, i see no i see no problems with any of those statements no all statements accurate of course accurate according to former president barack obama and he didn't say this about Trump, but we've heard Obama say motherfucker before. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm sure if he saw Donald Trump again, he would say that. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course, every red hat in the country is just screaming at this probably. Obama! Yeah, just pissed off. Obama! There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. The remarks are reported in uh, Battle for the Soul Inside the Democrats' Campaign to Defeat Donald Trump by Edward Isaac Dovier, a staff writer at The Atlantic. That'll be published next week. Uh, extracts of Dovier's candid reporting have been published elsewhere, including a passage in which the now First Lady Jill Biden, this is where it gets weird, is quoted, yeah. is quoted as saying, yeah. now Vice President Kamala Harris should go fuck herself after a memorable debate stage attack on Joe Biden early in the primary. Well, you know wow. what, look, that's just, it was a heated primary. 
There was lots mm-hmm. of tension on some of those uh, debate stages, as we all witnessed firsthand. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes, politics gets a little obscene. I mean, politicians are notorious. They work in obscenities like uh, Led Zeppelin works in uh, drum solos. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. it's very part, very much part of the process. So that's why Barack Obama referring to Donald Trump and using the word motherfucker, not a surprise. But the fact that Barack Obama is so thoroughly bashing Donald Trump is wonderful to know. It's just it's so nice to hear. Uh, let's see what else is going on. A bunch of pro-Trump conspiracy theorists are taking over the Republican Party uh, at the state level. So this is all happening yeah. under our noses as some of us are <laughs> unwilling to even mention Trump's name publicly. The Republican Party is being infiltrated by all of these conspiracy theorists. Uh, chairs and uh, Republican Party chairs in Texas and Wyoming have flirted with secession from the United States. Oklahoma's Republican chair has called Islam a cancer. Uh, the Oregon GOP called the Capitol insurrection a false flag operation. And at least 19 Republican state chairs, including most of the ones in key swing states, publicly pushed former President Trump's big lie about the election. This is all according to Vice News and a review of public positions on all 50 GOP state chairs. It shows a significant number are openly pushing conspiracy theories, spouting unhinged rhetoric and actively undermining voters' trust in democracy. That includes the chairs of nearly every swing state in the United States, and the trend is accelerating. Many of the most extreme chairs just won their chairmanships uh, or have been uh, reelected since Trump left office four months ago, a number of them with his explicit endorsement. Uh, what you're seeing, I, you know, look, I, I really strongly believe that the more we emphasize the infiltration of Trumpism, the Trump influence on the Republican Party, the broader Republican Party, even down to the state mm-hmm. level, the fewer people will actually vote for Republicans. I think we need to permanently tether Donald Trump to the Republican Party. Like, you yes. know, kind of. here's an example of what they do. Even now, they're still playing the Jimmy Carter card against the Democrats. Oh, uh, Joe Biden is like the new Jimmy Carter. I mean, this goes back to, I remember following the 1998 or in the 1988 campaign between George H.W. Bush and Mike Dukakis. And all it was is Mike Dukakis is going to drag us back to the malaise days of Jimmy Carter. That was George H.W. Bush during that entire campaign. And so we need to do that same thing. By permanently attaching the Republican Party to Donald Trump, whether they want it or not, and at least for now, they absolutely want it. I mean, they're, uh, the, the entire party is about now circling the wagons around Donald Trump. That's the entire agenda. They have no interest in anything else, which is why they're not supporting this 1-6 commission, for example. What, yesterday, only 35 House Republicans voted in favor of it. I was surprised it was that many. I thought it would just be the 10 that voted to impeach. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, these are all uh, blue state districts. These are, I guess, technically red districts inside blue states. And so this brings us to (laughs) Congressman Tim Ryan, who yesterday on the House floor just delivered a barn burner, just smoked the Republicans. It was like one of those things where you almost you watch the video clip and then you got to you actually have to smoke a cigarette after you're done. Oh, it was good. It was, yeah. yeah, It was was a good spot. So utterly satisfying. And just, I I just retweeted it yesterday saying, you know, every Democrat should be this angry, which is absolutely true. We should all be as Mm -hmm. fired up. But, you know, again, some of us are just like, I don't even want to say Trump's name. You know what? Look, I think it's okay if he just uh, goes and does his thing in Mar-a-Lago. No, 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 no. We got to be fucking pissed off at this guy and follow Tim Ryan's example. And then Tim Ryan replied to me. It was like, hey, thanks. Here's my fundraising link. <laughs> so, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Here's uh, Tim Ryan yesterday, in case you hadn't heard it yet. I, w- I want to thank the gentleman from New York and the other Republicans who are supporting this and thank them for their bipartisanship. To the other 90% of our friends on the other side of the aisle, holy cow. Incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Ben Benghazi, you guys chased the former Secretary of State all over the country, spent millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol Police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? Cops. This is a slap in the face to every rank-and-file cop in the United States. 
If we're going to take on China, if we're going to rebuild the country, if we're going to reverse climate change, we need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. One hundred percent. Congressman Tim Ryan, that was outstanding. And that's exactly the kind of outrage that I think should be on the tips of all of our tongues. I mean, we all need to be screaming with that level of ferocity because of what has happened. And because they're in the process right now of making sure this all, the entire insurrection and everyone that was involved with it, they're making sure that it all falls down the memory hole. That's the entire Republic. The thrust of the entire Republican Party is to say, what insurrection? Who? Us? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's just tourists. There's people coming in for a tour of the Capitol and, you know, it's tour guides and they brought them in and no, no, no. This was one of the worst crimes ever perpetrated by a president of the United States. It's yeah. very, very difficult to find a presidential action that is as criminal and anti-democratic and unconstitutional as what Donald Trump did by instigating that insurrection. The invasion and occupation of the United States Capitol, the Article I powers of this country, were invaded and occupied. The vice president had to flee for his life. And by the way, vice presidents, uh, the ex-vice president's brother <laughs> voted against forming a 1-6 commission yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was weird, it's right? insane. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, he really must not like Mike Pence or Mike <laughs> Pence was down with that. One of the two. I saw some uh, never Trumpers on Twitter today going, you know what? Mike Pence is probably cool with that because Mike Pence is all about Mike Pence's political career. He's such a, an utter careerist and always has been. That's exactly why he was able to stand behind Donald Trump with a stupid shit-eating grin on his face, nodding to every fucking batshit thing Donald Trump was saying, even when Donald Trump could barely say it during that Jerusalem speech. Yeah. Uh, he's slurring his words and can't even say the, the phrase United States without fucking up. And Mike Pence is back there going, uh-huh, this is wonderful, great, excellent, well done. And it's all because Mike Pence is so geared toward his career, advancing his career, making sure that he's doing the right thing by the people who brung him. You know what I mean? And I also think that this is Mike Pence saying, this is God's plan for you. This is God's plan for you. This is God's plan for you. This is the trial that you will go through for God's plan for you to be president. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a great point, too. (laughs) That there's Mm -hmm. a patina of religiosity about it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is providence. Providence has handed me this opportunity, and I'm going to make the most of it because God and Trump and everything. But, you know, this degree of ferocity needs to be uh, viral. Tim Ryan, I'm so glad that Tim Ryan's video yesterday went viral on social media because I hope it reinvigorates everybody to get back into the fight. Because, you know, look, honest to God, if you've been sick of Donald Trump for a couple of months here and you just didn't want to hear from him or hear anybody talking about him, from a personal level, I get that. I completely understand. Don't think that I'm sitting here being cold about post-traumatic stress disorder and right. whatever you people were feeling coming out of the Trump years, because it was absolutely traumatic. They were just covering it up close as I was doing, and, and both of you were doing for four mm-hmm. years. Yeah. That was traumatic. But now that we've gone through a few months here, it's been, what, five, more than five months, coming up on six months since yeah. the insurrection, coming up on six months since Donald Trump left office reluctantly, or I should say violently. There he um, goes. It, we're, it's now ready to get back in the ball game. It's now ready to start swinging for the fences and making sure this guy doesn't have his comeback, that this guy is held accountable for all of the shit that he pulled. And by the way, as we wrap up here, I wanted to mention Lawrence O'Donnell last night during his A block. No one trolls Donald Trump quite the same way as Lawrence O'Donnell <laughs> He's does. He's so good. He's during, so good. <laughs> during his A block last night, he was talking about Trump and the insurrection. He's like, Donald Trump who was banned from Twitter and social media, did this and this and this today. (laughs) And then he later said, Donald Trump, the twice impeached loser. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Uh, Because Lawrence O'Donnell knows that Donald Trump is watching video on TiVo or one of his super TiVos or whatever he's still using and seeing all of that. And, And so Lawrence O'Donnell knows Trump is watching. And so Lawrence O'Donnell goes for the fucking jugular. 
and says exactly the things that he knows Donald Trump, that, that, that it's going to ruffle Donald Trump's feathers. It's going to just piss him off. And calling him a twice impeached loser is just so wonderful. I know it's kind of ordinary. There are things that I've seen on Twitter that have been much more biting, but none of those things have the same uh, uh, volume. None of those things have the same visibility as Lawrence O'Donnell's A Block coming right out of, you know, one of the most popular news shows on all of cable television, uh, which is the Rachel Maddow show. So, well, yes. once again, congratulations mm-hmm. to Lawrence O'Donnell for supremely trolling Donald Trump last night. <laughs> okay, well, Travis, thank you so much. You can, you have a choice now. You can either stick around for our post-mortem show for our Patreon page, which we just keep on talking after the music's done, after we wrap up the free portion of the show, or you can sure. bail out now. Uh, it's entirely no, up to this. you. Okay, great, great. So, perfect. Yay! Yay! So, again, well, uh, in the capacity here on the, the free show, I just want to say thank you again for stepping in for uh, our T-Rex here today. and. We all uh, wish T-Rex the best as he recovers from his sinus infection. And, of course, we all wish the best to our friend Buzz Burbank as yeah. he uh, deals with more family issues. And um, I think we mentioned on the postmortem show uh, on Tuesday that Buzz was going to be getting a knee surgery this week as well, which he has since postponed. So he's not going to be adding that onto the pile of, of things. Uh, but, again, we uh, extend our hearts and our, uh, you know, our uh, friendship to our, our good friend Buzz. Uh, okay, meanwhile, Postmortem Show is coming up next on our Patreon page. BobSeskaShow.com is the address to get to our Patreon page. All you got to do is sign up for $5 a month, and you get two Postmortem Shows every week. It's where the real fun happens. So don't get FOMO. Don't miss out. <laughs> we really get into things on the uh, Postmortem Show, again, on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash BobSeskaShow, or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you on Friday on the After Party. Take care. Bye-bye.